Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However, wherever, whenever you're listening, this is the Root for Wisconsin show. Episode 140, episode one of season four, as we're in the new calendar year. Our first episode of 2024. Joining me tonight, we've got Sean Klosterman, my member of the Highway 22 crew. Sean, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. How are you? Doing fantastic. Also joining us very briefly, as it is almost his bedtime, because <laughs> even though he is one of the older members of the show, he has a bedtime. That said, that is college roommate Dylan Tritt. Dylan, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Just keep in mind, I have a bedtime because I'm older. Oh, we have someone else joining. Now, this is brand new. We are in the midst of recording. Is it Justin or is it Rams? It's Justin. <laughs> Justin, we are recording. So I want to give you I want to give you full disclosure. We are recording already. <laughs> so do not say anything stupid. Say it again. I have my things on. Can you hear me? We can hear you, Justin. We are just Loud and clear. Recording. We are in the midst of recording. All right, let's go. What are we doing? What are we talking about? Let's get this show on the road. <laughs> so uh, we were just doing the introduction, so that's Justin. Justin joining the show tonight. How are we um, doing, guys? How How's the night going? What do we got to talk about? There's a lot to go on. There's about a lot to go on. Some of Eric's stupid conversations I've had with him over the last couple of days. This guy literally told me he wanted Brandon Staley. To be the next. That is not what I said. We will add some context. That's how horrible this is. We'll add some context to that a little later, (laughs) Justin. We start talking about it. But we're right in the beginning of the show, episode 140 from the Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. And let's start off with what we have rooted for over the last couple weeks here since Christmas. First of all, boys, what'd you get for Christmas? Did you get everything you wanted? Were you good or did you get coal? I didn't ask for anything, and I still got everything I wanted, so. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the same thing. Justin, you're the only parent. How'd the kids' Christmas go? It was good. You know, we, it didn't really feel like Christmas this year. You know, we were talking about, we hosted two family Christmases, and then our, our Christmas was kind of not on Christmas. It was just a weird, there was no snow on the ground, like. Oh, it was 50 degrees. weird. It was all screwed up. I didn't like it. I got to throw in here. Um, Shauna had, we had to go to urgent care with Shauna on Christmas Eve because she was trying to open a toy for her nephew and her nephew nephew jumped on the box and she had a pocket knife and it went to her wrist. So she had to get some stitches and. uh, Wow. Very cool battle wound. Do you think that's really what happened, or did she think you? Do you think she realized who she was about to marry? That's a little rude. And then kind of was like, "Well, you know, if I'm gonna do this, I might as well do it now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna end this before it even starts." Wow, that's a little blow. I'm just kidding, Justin. I'm all about low blows. Hey. (laughs) If I was a professional wrestler, I'd be the guy with a pocket full of knucks in his drawers, and I'd punch you right in the face with him, you know? <laughs> All right. So with that said, uh, as mentioned, uh, what have we rooted for, sports-wise, otherwise? What's been going on, boys? 
Who wants to start? Dylan, what's your root for? I, you seem, I'm going you seem to be the most professional of the other three, so I'm going to let you start. <laughs> I'm going Green Bay basketball, boy, uh, men's and women's. I mean, they're on some hot streaks right now. The men are, you know, they won five of the last six. Women, what, seven in a row, five and oh in conference. I mean, it's it's great to see the alma mater doing well. I'd have to agree with that. That was one of my root for as well. Justin, yeah. what do you got for us? Well, that's an interesting take. It's... um. You know, as as I'm watching Wisconsin basketball, the men's basketball team right now uh, at Ohio State, mm-hmm. it is interesting. The state of basketball, college basketball in our state, even the girls basketball team at Wisconsin, which is traditionally horrible, uh, went to Illinois and won a big one on the road, which is, you know, I don't I don't know what the stats are for the last time that that's happened. But it's probably been a long ass time because they've been through more coaches than they've been through wins uh, over the last couple of years. And, and then you talk about UWGB, which is traditionally stronger on the girls' side. But I'll tell you what, the job, and we talked about this last time, Eric, the job that Sonny Wicks is doing and how they've performed in just a short amount of time has been impressive. But if I'm going to talk about what my root for was, it was really, uh, you know, how can you not say the Green Bay Packers and, and, and you know, kind of turning the corner, um, showing that they will be a team to reckon with, not only this year while they're hot entering the playoffs, they've really seemed to figure out themselves. Um, in over the course of two weeks, Joe Barry, the most hated man in Wisconsin, seems to have found uh, a recipe that is going to get him through the rest of this year with a job. Yeah, uh, we won't talk. We won't talk about. We won't talk about what's going to happen in the next couple weeks after we're eliminated from the playoffs. But he, you, as much as you vilify the guy for the the sixteen weeks beforehand. You have to give him a, a a good word for the last couple of weeks and really help solidify them turning the corner and doing what they couldn't do last year with some kind of Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm I'm not going to give him his due because he, they did it against two bum ass or three bum ass quarterbacks. They didn't so do I'm it not, against not two bum ass quarterbacks two weeks before he's, that. He's doing what he should have been doing. I'm not saying he, you're right. And give him his props, Eric. He's There's doing no- his job. He's doing his job, and he did it well. He did the bare minimum. You are <laughs> the bare minimum. Yes. Sean, what do you got for us? I was just going to go with the Packers also, just like Justin said about turning the corner and just make, making this season actually mean something a little bit more now. And like he said about Jordan Love being able to make, get that win at the end of the season and Aaron Rodgers not being able to and all that fun stuff. I know our fans aren't going to see this, but I'm doing my hair in the in the video because <laughs> it's, it was picture day today for the girls' basketball team over there in Ocano. And <laughs> I'm just telling you, them pictures are going to turn out awfully good. I'm just, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm not – I don't think any one of us should touch that, but you, Justin, I'm just – Hey, all I'm saying is somebody's mm. got to make the picture look good. And if it's got to be coached all, then that's what it's got to be. 
All right. Uh, my score, I'd have to agree with everything you guys have said. Uh, so just to be a little different, I'm going to take – I have gotten to watch some amazing high school hoops the last two weeks, starting off <laughs> last week, rooting for Coach Dell, making the trek to Menominee, Michigan, and watching Coach Dell do his thing, play chess against another grown-ass man through – High school girls, it was awesome. Um, <laughs> then last Friday, uh, doubleheader radio action, getting to go out to Kiwani for their annual mitten toss doubleheader, boys and girls at home. Uh, the boys taking down Sevastopol, the girls taking down uh, Southern Door. So both teams victorious in their games, uh, but also doing a community fundraiser by uh, kind of like how the gamblers did teddy bear toss. They toss mittens and winter uh, gear onto the floor between the games. I believe they reported over 500 winter items collected um, wow. in in that evening. So really cool event there. That and then cool. I got to cap it off with the game I had on radio Monday night. That was Southern Door versus Denmark Boys. Special performance, eh? If you don't know who Drew Doust is from Southern Door... You're going to want to know that name. The dude has put up, including Monday night, two 50-plus point performances this season. At one point, the game was tied at halftime. At one point, his Southern Door Eagles trailed by nine in the second half. Sing, um, and I know you know coaches, players won't say single-handedly. Single-handedly willed that team back on, on his back. 50 points of the 83 the team put up in the comeback performance to get the win in an incredible game. Uh, I know I was talking to Sean about this the other night, incredible facilities out in Denmark. They just, they redid the whole school, um, brand new gym, in- incredible. Um, like even the entrance, uh, they have a big athletics wing, a big like window, like open window with like a Viking into it in the glass, uh, brand new gym. The principal superintendent were both there, um, checking in on the broadcast before we started to make sure we had everything. We were make sure we were set up just incredible facilities, incredible um, hospitality, but yeah, incredible hoops the last two weeks. Justin, you look perplexed. I thought you guys stalled out. Oh, I, I lost you for a second. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, Eric drew Doust is a guy that we covered on our other show. Uh, last year, we covered him extensively as a player of the week. Um, we even talked about his scoring record. He was a sophomore that went over a thousand points uh, for his career. This dude is unbelievable. I'm excited um, for the day. I, I don't know the date yet. Um, probably next Saturday, I think it is. I'll be excited. To, uh, I'll get to see him in person in O'Connell. Um, so, yeah, I'm. I, I've watched the kid on online before. Uh, we've talked about him maybe even coming close uh, to Peeper's uh, career state record. Uh, he'll certainly be, and by the end of it, he'll certainly be probably a top 10 scorer in the state. Um, I think, Eric, at your other job, anytime you get a chance to cover this dude, I think you probably should do it. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think I got another one in two weeks, so very excited to continue to follow the career that is junior phenom Drew Doust. 
I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up real quick right now while you guys are talking. Now I'm interested. So from the positives to the negatives, we go to our Tyler Hero Nuggie of the Week. And there's a whole bunch we can probably do for this one over the last few weeks since we've been gone. And Sean, you get to go first. Want to go first? I'm going to go with your Los Angeles Lakers and your LeBron James. Oh. Douchebags. Yeah. You're... <laughs> The, the struggle that they've had has been absolutely crazy since the, what, the play-in tournament? Or the those? in-season tournament, the in-season cup. Yeah, what, if, what are they? I think they, they're, what, 2-7, and seven, something like that in their last 2-8, and eight in their last 10, something like that? I don't something know exactly. Like that. Something oh. like four. Yeah. So, four that wins in the last 10 games. <clears throat> yeah, Dylan, Dylan's going to have that one. Yep. I figured Dylan would like that a basketball guy. <laughs> yeah. Dylan's a bigger LeBron guy than I am, for what it's worth. It's true. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. So that's that's part of the reason I brought him no in. No shame about it. No shame <laughs> about it. All right. Just real quick, eleven games into his season, he currently sits at seventeen hundred and twenty-eight points um for his career. So he's averaging thirty five point three points per game. True Douse, that is. How many? 35.3. That is up, obviously, the 50-point performance. That is up a point and a half because he was at 33.8 going into Monday night's game. Let's see where that ranks him in the state. Go ahead. Keep going. I'm sorry. All right. So that's Sean's. Dylan, what do you got for us? I mean, how can you go for anything other than Justin Fields and his his comments about Green Bay? I mean, I get Chicago Bears. You got to talk, talk shit every now and then. But – what are you doing? Just so can't see that. Yeah, it doesn't do? work. Second in the state, 35.3. Not bad. Um, but anyway, so, I mean, I get I get. this is a big rivalry. Bears-Packers, biggest rivalry, you could argue. You never beat them. You're 0-5 at the time of the comment. Now you're 0-6. I mean, you, you showed up. You talked crap. You showed up. You pooped your pants. Now what are you going to do? I mean, it's funny, you know, on this end of it, a Packers fan, it's funny. I love it. I love to see it. But, you know, he's just, he performs like ass against the Packers. So I can say, let him keep talking. I, I got to say, one of my favorite takeaways from this, which, by the way, if you haven't seen it, uh, we did give a whole list of things to do in Green Bay, Wisconsin on our TikTok mm-hmm. page. So just a little promotion of the Root for Wisconsin TikTok and social media pages. It is available on all social media platforms. But, um, there's two things to do in Green Bay, or one thing majorly to do in Green Bay that you can't do in Chicago. And that's look at more than one Super Bowl trophy. Um, and for what it's worth, for all the cool things you can do in Chicago, why on earth would you go watch the Bears? Mm. So yeah, the Blackhawks. You could go watch the Blackhawks. That's that's awesome. I want to go to a hockey, a professional hockey. Have you guys been to a professional hockey game outside of the Gamblers? Eric, I know Eric's gonna go. Oh, I've been to a. I have not. Gamblers. No. Dylan, I have, or have I? Sean, anything nope. other than Gamblers game? See, I think I think that would be cool. I think the podcast should go to a professional hockey game and let her rip. Well, Justin, I will let you fund that. So that's on you. Um, if you want to make this excursion happen, by all means, let's do it. I could do it, man. I'll go buy a minivan and we'll all just take a little ride and 
instead of going to the uh, brewer game, brewer game, we can go to the hockey game. No, no. Where are we gonna go? What's that? Oh, Beloit. <laughs> Fuck Beloit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Beloit is what I have to say about that. Yeah. Um, my noogie. It's a very light-hearted one. Is going to go to I don't even know her name, but the reporter who did not realize Jair Alexander was standing right next to her and called him a fan. Jair Alexander <laughs> is one of the most unique individuals in, I would say, the world, but especially in Green Bay, Wisconsin, has one of the most distinct voices probably ever. And yeah. just the situational awareness to, like, you work in Green Bay. Like, this wasn't just some wow. random, like, wow. random affiliate reporter. And you work in Green Bay, like, you should probably know who one of the top players individually on that team is come on now give her a little slack she's she's live on tv she gets bombarded by jair alexander she's she's a bunch of things she's surprised she's starstruck she's got a lot of things going on at one moment i think she handled the situation well what do you think sean yeah i i I just seen a little bit of the clip and i i just i thought it was Eric, the, very funny. The the constant professional would have known who that was. All the you know, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have stuttered his words at all. I'm not saying I want to stutter. I was just saying that I would know who Jair Alexander is when I'm talking when I'm talking about the Packers. <laughs> Give her a break. She's starstruck. It's Jair. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> Just I'm, so, ha- I'm so happy our fans could not see what just happened. What do you got for How about for the Bucks? Time? How about the Bucks? Let's back oh. away from it. The Bucks, they've lost. I heard on the radio, I haven't watched a lick of the Bucks. I hate the NBA. Sorry, Dylan. I know you love your Lakers, but the, Bucks, good. Have, the Bucks have lost four of the last five. Their defense is terrible, and it sounds like one of their answers is going to be bringing back 33-year-old Jay Crowder. I don't know why are we not we put almost every asset we've had into gaining Damian Lillard and Giannis. Why are we not putting every other asset we can say a Chris Middleton who can't stay healthy who is now truly a third option isn't the scorer he's going down the Michael Red route of his basketball career and he's slowly declining. We should be trying to get whatever we can in value for Michael Red and get a straight up dog on defense to take out the other team's top performer. I don't know what's happening with the Bucks, but losing four out of five when you have two of the top five NBA players on your roster at this current situation is not good. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um I do want to say the the amazing thing about how bad they've been playing is they're still second in the East at twenty five and twelve. Well, not only that, but haven't the Pacers just owned them? The Pacers have made the Bucks their bitch. Yeah, Tyrese Halliburton owns the Bucks right now. Yeah, Pacers have won at least out of the last four matchups. One, they're one and five. They took the season series already. Yeah, yep. That's not good. That's I mean that spells. First round flop out of the playoffs when you see these guys there. Yeah, the one positive I can say looking at the Bucks just as a whole right now 
is they do defend home court relatively well. Well, they're sixteen and four at home. They're nine and eight on the road. And I will agree. I would say you get for whatever for Middleton you can get because he looks truly lost in this new Bucks world. Terrible. I haven't I haven't watched a lick, and I think he looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> He looks he he play he plays basketball for the Bucks like Tyler Wall shoots three pointers. <laughs> Horrible. Anyways, what's next? All right. Well, we can jump right into it. Uh, Dylan does have to leave here in a few <laughs> minutes, being the second oldest on the podcast currently. We're just talking right before you joined Justin. Justin joined us while we were recording. Because <laughs> now Shauna's home too, so now she's maybe joining i don't know yet but um so dylan has to go to bed early early to rise early to so dylan closing thoughts on the green Bay packers here uh in your last three minutes before you go to bed you know expectations were varied depending on who you asked you know some people expected jordan love to follow in aaron Rodgers' footsteps and other people i feel like the more reasonable ones we're going to give him more time to develop. Granted, he's been sitting for a while, but he hasn't been a full-fledged starter for a while, or forever, I should say. This is his first season. You know, he had his struggles early. They found their rhythm, kind of what Justin said earlier, and they're a playoff team. I mean, for a rebuild year, quote-unquote rebuild, we're a playoff team. So I think by all metrics, any reasonable fan will say this has been a success of a season. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if we've seen magic happen for the Green Bay Packers in Dallas before, <laughs> I'm not ruling it out. I think it's unlikely being realistic, but never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. So I think you know, I, the, ultimate, the ultimate poetry of this would be that a Packers win very much could mean the end of Mike McCarthy's coaching career. Oh, very much so. Very much. I would really? agree that I don't think that's that hot of a take. No, not at all. Like not he's already guaranteed. been established on. Justin looks pissed off and confused. So let me I clear your here, Justin. Is uh, Jerry Jones has said that playoff performance is going to determine what they do at the head coach position. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily ruling out his whole career, but to get fired from two places. I don't know. Yeah. That might that might be that final nail. Why does my screen keep going on? That's dumb. Anyways, it's almost <laughs> as dumb as that take, Eric. <laughs> I don't think it's that dumb as a take. Oh, Are you kidding me? He's like <laughs> what Dallas is certainly a different situation than anywhere in the NFL. It's unique. Right? It's like it's like former Green Bay Packers quarterbacks going to going to New York. Like that's u- a unique situation to me. Is it unique? It's happened twice now. That's unique. But I'm telling you, you can't go. What what are they? Twelve and five. They've won twelve games the last three years. He's the number two seed. He's done a great job. Be building this team back up. Dan Quinn certainly has. I think if 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 Dan Quinn was not on their staff, 
the heat, the the seat for him would not be as hot. I th- that's my hot take. I think Dan Quinn is a a candidate for every head coaching job there is out there. Mm-hmm. And if Dan Quinn was not on their coaching staff, and Jerry Jones wasn't always in love with making the next move and being the highlight or the headline of everything. I don't think Mike McCarthy is even close to a hot seat. That's just my hot take. I mean, he's been successful. He hasn't worn out his stay like he did in Green Bay. He's been successful. He's led them to the playoffs every year. I don't know. I don't. but, But Dallas is a unique place. Winning there is different than winning anywhere else. I do got to say his clock management continues to be awful, though. I mean, that that end of the Detroit game, the fact that they won that game after he got bailed out like five times because of all the penalties and the reported receiver that didn't report and it still would have been a penalty. So I don't really put too much stock into that whole thing, but we we could talk a lot about. They went into that two-point conversion. So let's just say that Detroit gets that on one of the five attempts they had at it. They had 22 seconds. He would have had two timeouts. Burns won during the conversion. Burns won before the onside kick. So you go from two timeouts and 23 seconds had they gotten it to 22 seconds and no timeouts. Just terrible clock management. As always, this isn't news with Mike McCarthy but continues to just set the bar absolutely lower and lower with clock management. You could, we could talk about the Packers and their play calling at the end of the first half, Eric, but I feel like that's going to be a 20-minute oh, conversation this, down the road. Let's, let's talk about yeah, this right now. You, you sack of jabroni sandwiches with that terrible... <laughs> now, Dylan, if you, if you want to head out by any means, you jump off when you want to jump off. Yeah, it's... Uh time to get ready for bed for me so all right dylan thanks for joining us yeah i'll see you guys i we'll enjoy i'm looking debate. forward I'll take, to listening I'll take the title. to this conversation <laughs> i'll take this title gladly dylan i'll take the oldest man with all the wisdom and try to teach eric a little something about play management at the end of the first half well i look if i look very much forward to listening to how this rest of this conversation is going to go when this episode <laughs> drops so <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night, Dylan. Yep. Yep. See you, Dylan. See you guys. So, Justin, I'm going to start this off with you are already outnumbered. It's two on one. I don't care. <laughs> so, here's I'll why you're it. wrong. So, for those, this is something that uh, emerged in our group chat towards the end of the first half Packers Bears. And the Packers trying to go down and score before the end of the half, knowing that they're going to get the ball back, chance to double up, really kind of put the throttle down on the Bears. Uh, throw an out route to, I believe it was Malik Heath, or was it Dontavian Wicks? It was Wicks. Doesn't matter, I guess. So uh, Wicks hit immediately as he catches it, goes backwards, does not get out of bounds, stop the clock. Packers are out of timeouts. Uh, half ends. Packers don't get a chance to kick a field goal or to score the touchdown, uh, so half and seven, six. Justin and many harebrained people on, on social media immediately jump on 
Matt LaFleur for calling a play that doesn't end up working. They don't get a scoring chance. Let me strap my headphones on tight for this conversation. Some of the smarter people in the world of sports are out there saying Is that that Shauna? Was that Shauna laughing in the background when you said that? (laughs) That's awesome. That's the greatest point of this whole show right there. That's awesome. Hi, Shauna. Hi, Justin. (laughs) So the experts, the adults in the room, realize that it was the right idea, just it was better executed by the Bears and a rookie mistake and a young quarterback mistake. And uh, that's that's the takeaway here. Because Anders Carlson has been not great, has been the definition of inconsistent, especially from that point of the field in that extra point territory where he has missed five extra points in the season. So getting him five extra yards, as Justin said, what's the point if it's 35 to 30? I get it if it's 55 to 50. What's the point of five more yards? Here's the point. <laughs> that, that's it, a he is great so point. <laughs> I don't get it. He is so inconsistent from that exact range right. that right. any extra yards to get him benefit help. Okay. You know what really helped him? Not getting the kick in the first place because he called a stupid play. The only thing you, with 11 seconds, I agree with the play call if it's the call before. Other than that, if you want to get him. No, if you give him five yards on the second to the last play and you allow yourself time to get up there and clock the ball, that's a great play. But when you have, have eleven, when you have eleven seconds left, the ball should only be thrown to the end zone. In fact, it's a corner route to the back pylon where only his guy can catch it. That is football one hundred and one, Eric. Like you can't give you can't give the opportunity for your quarterback to throw a ball underneath at the sideline, but with the chance to not be able to stop the clock at all. If there's a timeout, it's different. Other than that, you can't throw that ball anywhere but to the back pylon. Okay, Justin, let's let let me ask you this then. So you go for that 35-yard route or that 30-yard route. Yeah, Jordan Love takes a sack there and or intentionally grounds it because he's about to take a sack. Then you go to half anyway. So what's the difference? That's my point. <laughs> what? You're right, but at least you took a shot at the end zone. Yeah, but he almost threw a pick early, or the couple plays play before. before. It's a shitty pass. You're right. It's a shitty pass. This one, you tell him right in these things in his ears, and you say, "Hey, it's only at the pylon, or it's in the 15th row." That's it. Like the, the, when you overthink football, like Lafleur just did. Stupid shit like that happens. In the playoffs, that could cost them. Because that's a stupid play call. It's a, It really is. You have to know, A, your quarterback has been in very few of those situations. Very few. Of them. Your, your, your wide receivers haven't been in those situations. Very few of them as well. No. <laughs> no. Not those high-pressured, 
No, shut up, Eric. That's a dumb. <laughs> that is so dumb. No, they have not. You want to hear something? I, I'll tell you something that I learned tonight. This is semi-breaking news because it's only been on one outlet prior to this conversation. And this came on the Devondre Campbell show on WDUZ 1075 FM, 1400 AM, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> Devondre Campbell talked about after the loss to the Broncos, he said tonight, he's like, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to because I don't care. After the loss to the Broncos, he cursed everyone out saying, quote, that the young team bullshit has to stop. Because a young team only matters for the first three to four games. By then, you are already, you should be knowing how the game goes. You're in the NFL. It's time to step up. And from that point on, he noticed a change. The team has noticed a very visible change in the atmosphere of the room, in the locker room, the playing, the coaching staff, what have you. So you are 17 games in. Experience is different than excuses, Eric. Just saying. What he what he is talking about is excuses. They had to go through the experience, and your coach has to help you out through gaining that experience. Lafleur did not do that. Lafleur didn't guy, do that. There's one guy who has only been playing football for six months. He's on the practice squad. That's the international player. These guys have been playing football their entire lives. At a very high level for most of them. I guarantee you half of those guys still think the clock stops on a first down, Eric. They should. They have no excuse to. They're 17. You're right. And the coach should help them through that. The coach should help them through that. Sean, what do you got for us? I think you got to give more credit to the Bears corner that actually came up. It was a great play. It was a great play. You're absolutely right. I mean, I'd. Usually you got to play like that. They let it. They let it just go. Everything like that. But that corner made a perfect play, and he made. If that that comes down to that three points, and we lose by those three points, that's totally on Lafleur. I I will I will agree with you on that. But we got to right. give credit credit to the Bears corner more than anything. I think. I will would agree a hundred percent with that. That that is probably a defensive coordinator, a the head coach was probably screaming in their ears, say, hey, if you can, push them backwards, mm-hmm. right? Guy not, That's, not fighting for the – Right. Get out of bounds too. But I guarantee you LeFleur didn't say that. Right. Probably not. Well, it Le doesn't Fle- help when, again, all season long, we've seen it in multiple games here down the stretch where young guys just have a problem getting out of bounds. Patrick Taylor, Tucker Kraft now was kind of scapegoat this Tucker Kraft did it. Yeah, you're exactly right. But in the in, I still didn't love the play call because if we're talking about the kick, like the kick, I get the logic of what you're trying to say. I, but to me, the gamble of five yards as opposed to not getting the kick was too great. Was too great. And I, I understand what you're going to say. Well, what if he got sacked? Well, you can't take a sack, right? Like, those are all things. Jordan Love, being a first-year starter, those are things that you're going to learn. Going through the experience, right? 
Now Don Tavian Wicks probably knows it. It just sucks that it was at a pretty rough time. And, and that can't happen in the playoffs. And LeFleur going forward should not call something like that, giving it an option. Again, I have no problem if that's the play. If you want to take your five-yard take and get that on the second-to-last play and then set up your shot on the last play, that's fine. I don't under obviously, honestly, I don't understand why you take the shot on the second to the last play with 20 seconds left in, in the half. Why not take the yards at the beginning and then go clock it and take one shot at the end zone? Really didn't make any sense. The last two plays didn't really make any sense to me at all. I'd have to I'd have to agree with you on that. I will agree with you on that. I'd have to I don't remember what happened right before that because I don't know if they burned the timeout. Prior to that end zone shot. I think that's what Kraft didn't go out of bounds. I think so, too. So then they didn't have a timeout before that, so they had to... Because they had to burn it on Kraft not going out of bounds. Sure. Or somebody, or they played it down the middle one way or the other. Sure. So if it's coming out of a timeout, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Because I think that's what it was. I think you are correct in that. If you're coming out of a timeout, the only... Because it was first down... They do this the outright on second. They did they did the long pass to Heath because he's their t- tallest wide receiver to the corner of the end zone on the second to last play. Right, and I he, I I understand that. I'm just trying to figure out what happened right before that because if it was a, if that's your play out of the timeout, then I'm I'm wholeheartedly it should have been the other way around. Right, and it didn't really make it didn't make sense at the time and. It, we're a couple days past it, and it still don't make sense. Like, you you have 20 seconds left. You take that five yard out, and you're gonna set you you know you're playing for the field goal right away, and then allowing yourself, even if he doesn't get out of bounds and the clock runs, you're allowing yourself to clock the ball with even three or four seconds left to at least get the field goal. I got it. What's the uh? It's a it's 14 seconds to get on the ball and clock it, according to Mike McCarthy, isn't it? Is that remember when that happened in a playoff game? What was it two years ago, where they what? tried to get out of bounds and or Dak slid or something like that and couldn't get the field goal off before the half, something like you know. Yeah, I don't remember. That definitely happened to them, and that was a big deal when it happened. Right. It's a big right. deal now. <laughs> So basically what I got out of this conversation, Eric, is that now that we talked through it face to face and you can look me in my pretty blue eyes, <laughs> you're telling me I'm right. I'm not telling you you're right. I'm I'm saying I still stand by my defense heard, of, I, of the I logic heard, of it. I, all I heard was I agree with you like six times. I agree with what, you that I it probably should have been earlier. Did you hear? Boy, Justin, I agree with you a lot. You tra- You changed my mind, so I'll give you that. See? Son of a bitch. Sean, <laughs> football coach right here. <laughs> it just didn't All make right. sense. It's got to make sense. A lot, a lot of doesn't make sense, though. But that that's a whole different different story. And, and to be honest, you're going to go through those growing, growing pains. You know, there's probably going to be two or three instances we're going to talk about come Sunday. Like, what the hell are we doing? You know, Eric Eric was talking during the game about soft zone the whole time, right? 
and, and in the beginning, that's what it was. But uh, Barry really kind of did a good job. He was switching it up, and third down, he was bringing pressure and putting it on man coverage. It really screwed up Fields and, and the offensive line. So much so, it cost Lou Getze his job today. I mean, that's obviously a, a whole year situation. But, you know, I thought that was smart move. Like, the first two downs were totally different than the last last down like what Justin Fields brain was all over the place and what's going to happen so I thought it was a great defensive plan again and I don't and I don't as much as Eric likes hates listening to it I hate saying it because I heard this on Eversol's radio show the other day if Eversol had the choice of he, he was proposed this question if he had the choice of not making the playoffs and getting rid of Barry or making the playoffs and keeping Barry, he would have chosen not making the playoffs. Oh, that's tough because there's, there is a lot of benefit to a young team, the youngest to ever do it, getting into the playoffs. And the Packers have talked about this, like, you know, the older guys who are, they talk about how important that first year, of getting in the playoffs with Rodgers in 2009, losing to Arizona in the opening round, was to them winning the Super Bowl the following year. And that goes night and day. Like, I totally agree. I don't, I don't love the idea of missing the playoffs or um, you know, doing it for draft pick. Because I, I think they still fire Barry either way. I don't, I don't foresee a circumstance unless they win a Super Bowl, which I don't foresee happening either. Um but it could happen. Like I won't totally rule it out either. John, but, you, you like him? You are, are you putting money down on the Packers to win the Super Bowl? I, I'm not quite there yet. I'm thinking about putting some money down on their money line this week at think, plus three hundred. I, 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 I was just thinking the same thing. McCarthy, I, uh, since the Super Bowl, has been the worst under pressure. He has. I, I agree. I, Mike but I still think he keeps his job. Okay. I'm just, so what, Dallas is favored by seven, right? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. So I was going to go through that, but just looking back, so keeping the Joe Barry conversation, I would rather have them have one and go to the playoffs. I think they still move on from him, but I will, the only ounce of credit I'm going to give him is this week. They forced the Bears to three out of 11 on third down efficiency by doing what Justin said and going from zone, zone to man. I still think it was long overdue. It's too little too late, um, especially looking back to the Carolina game where Carolina has not scored since Christmas Eve. There was one. Yeah, there was one situation where he had Quay Walker on DJ Moore out of the slot running a cross route and it just looked pathetic. Like, come like I can't wait for the time when we have Preston Smith on CD lamb this week. <laughs> like, and people are going to be like, boy, that Joe Barry, he sure is a, he, he's a smart cookie. He is <laughs> like, I can't like, like it's going to happen. And you know, like whenever that shit happens, 
all you have to do is go to Twitter and it's like you could read it for an hour long and laugh your ass off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I, per- I I said this to Eric Sunday. I'm like, why wouldn't you just have Jair just shadow the best receiver and just do that the whole game and be done? Yep. And it better happen this week because they're loaded at wide receiver. Right. They are just loaded. And you know, it's going to have to be a score fest. 17 to 9 is not going to win it. And there ain't no way they're going to stop. They're not going to get pressure on them, and they're not going to stop them. So you might as well go in. LeFleur better have the best play call he's ever called. And they better score 45 freaking points because that's what it's going to take to beat these dudes. So let's look at the game coming up. Uh, wild card weekend, Sunday, 3.30 kickoff. Packers, the seven seed, taking on the Dallas Cowboys at the two seed. Uh, as we had just mentioned, the Cowboys are a seven and a half point favorite with an over under a fifty point five. Ooh. Give me some skin on that over, Eric. So you'd be looking at twenty nine, twenty one, something to that effect to cover both the over and your line. But like I said, as as we currently stand recording here at now Dylan's been gone to bed for twenty minutes, eight twenty one p.m. Uh, the Packers money line, according to Oneida Casino, is plus three hundred. At seven and a half, straight up, I don't know. Seven and a half. If you go for the Packers to cover, it's minus one ten. They have Plus the, 300. Give me tw- give me 20 on the Packers for the money. Oh, wait, we don't gamble on this show. We can't. We can talk about it. It's legal in Wisconsin if we go to the sports book. Wait, so we did we get rid of one of our sponsors? We can't. We Yeah, we're there, they're, they went under. Oh. Monkey <laughs> Night Fight is no longer a thing. That's how long it's been since I've been on this show. I don't even show up for the pre the pre-show to know who sponsors us anymore. Sorry to our future sponsors, Eric. You can cut this out in the in the editing <laughs> version. No, we're leaving this in because as as it stands right now, we have two sponsors. We have our friends over at Raging Pro Wrestling, who we did not shout out in the beginning yeah. of the episode because we were way to go, sponsors. Eric. See, now I reminded you. I was trying oh, to get assholes. Trying Come to on, let's much, go. Sponsor us. I was trying to get as much content out of Dylan as I could before he had to go to bed. So, first of all, executives out there, Tylenol PM, melatonin producers, whatever it is, if you Dylan's want to get Dylan sponsorship, Dylan the Dylan goes to guy. bed segment. We'll cut. We'll cut. We'll cut special promos with you for Dylan. You know, <laughs> like he might have a video where we're on here and he just falls asleep. <laughs> so our we got two sponsors that we're working with right now uh as always we've got our friends over at rage and pro wrestling next show coming up a month from today february 10th potent potentially last show at the water and hole uh new merch available on their social media justin why potentially the last one at the watering hole uh they've been having some some high success with uh the tr- going on the road Going to different places like the Big Apple and Manitowoc. Uh, they went to, oh, I always forget the name of this place. So um, somewhere in Chiocton for that women's only show back in June. Ooh, uh, wow. Women's wrestling. Wow. 
I, I believe they had some performers from that. Really? I think so. It's like a Netflix show. Wasn't Rich talking about going over to Wausau and that kind of stuff too? Yeah, because we... he's from Wausau. They did the um, the Wausau Expo Center uh, as of late. So just they, t- they take it on the road. They do it that way, and it's been working out pretty well for him. Bruce um, the last, the last right. contracted show for the Watering Hole, as last time I talked to Rich, which was what end of November, Sean, when we were out there, whenever that was. I think so. Early December, one of the two. Something like uh, that. Yeah. He was mentioning it might be the last one there for a while. It's not totally ruled out, but February 10th, you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, at the Watering Hole, tickets are available at the Watering Hole, rpwprowrestling.com. Look sharp in the Fox River Mall, and I said the Watering Hole already, correct? Yep. Uh, so be sure to get your tickets for that. Uh, some different opportunities, like I said, you can sponsor a wrestler. That's on their social media pages as well. Plenty of, like I said, new merch. They've got stocking caps, baseball caps, sweatshirts, all dropping all the time. Uh, be sure to pay attention to their social media pages as with the independent wrestling scene, a card can change any given moment. Um, so be sure to check that out. One of the announced matches, this just came out a couple days ago, so I'm going to pronounce or do this one. Your RPW Heavyweight Championship match as of right now, Brick 12-Gauge McCarthy. Defending his title against the Marman. Uh, another couple. What eight. happened to Perfection? Perfection? Yeah. I. You know, I, he was in Wisconsin this spring for a show. Uh, I've also asked Rich about this because he was a big fan of the Roof of Wisconsin show. And we talked to him afterwards. Really cool dude. Um, Sam Beal, Perfection. Yeah, and he, he's a uh, Lions fan, though. Did you have you caught him on Twitter? He's I've a Lions fan. On Twitter, he's a huge Lions fan. He's that's his only downfall. Otherwise, As is Rich though. Rich is also stop. a Lions fan. Yeah, well, Rich, yeah. With, Rich, love what you do for the show. Love what you do for wrestling, but you gotta ditch these Lions, man. They are good. Matthew Stafford is coming back home, and he's gonna embarrass your boys in Detroit. I am talking shit to you, Rich, right now. I'm telling you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He is gonna ruin your 30 year run of being shitty for 30 years, and finally, you're decent. Aiden Hutchinson ain't the real deal, Rich. I'm telling you. It's that, over. That, that I disagree with. It's Stafford it's time, baby. It, it's Pukanukua time, my man. It's time. <laughs> it's going down. Harley over here. <laughs> it's Pukanukua time. <laughs> it's ridiculous. They got a running game now. Aaron Donald is just. He is lighting it up. Rich, it's over for you, my man. Oh, God. Perfection. If Perfection is watching our show or seeing, listening to our show, I'm calling you out, big man. Your lines are going down, too. Woo! I got to say, the Rams at plus 150 on that money line is tempting as well. Yes, it is. I mean, they're hot. They made Carson Wentz look like like he was a first round pick again last week. He was awesome. I was gonna say they made him look like his uh, 2016 MVP, almost MVP. I'm telling you, he's gonna get. He's he's their permanent backup. He is their permanent backup now. Hey, he might even go be a starter for Denver. 
He's not get too carried away. It's so one game. Ask take the Rams and then take the Packers money. I was kind of playing around with this and looking at some parlay options. If you do Packers, Rams, and then take your pick, Eagles, Buccaneers. Even if you're just looking at the if the Buccaneers can pull off the upset against these struggling Eagles, they are at home. The Buccaneers are plus one forty. You parlay that. That's plus twenty three hundred. So you put twenty dollars. Yeah. What does it end up being? If you put what in, John? You put twenty dollars on it. What does it end you up? You put twenty dollars in. Comes out to a profit of four hundred sixty dollars plus your twenty back. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I mean, uh, anytime you could turn a twenty into four twenty. <laughs> That used to be my old motto, but that ain't my motto now. (laughs) (laughs) But I can revert back to old ways, you know? I mean, come on, let's go. So speaking of our sponsors. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of our sponsors, the other one, as always, got to give a shout out to Riverwood Gallery uh, out of Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Mitch and Julie Minger are are really have been our only day one people uh, for sponsors. Um, check them out. They've got sign memorabilia. They've got the custom memorabilia, like the jerseys. Love my Luke Musgrave jersey. They found one to fit me. It's great. We got Carol. We got Carolyn's mom a Brett Favre one for Christmas, and she loves it. Fifty bucks for an unsigned jersey. Brett Brett Favre for the Jets? No. No. Oh, well, it's worthless. I mean, there's millions of of the power ones out there, but the Jets. How'd you get the Jets one? Huh? Why would you get the Jets one? Because they're rare. I would think you'd want to go more of the Falcons one over a Jets one. Well, that's true too. That's true. Or the or the Vikings, right? There's got to be a million Viking ones out mm-hmm. there. You go to you know what the uh, the weirdest thing when you go to like a Packer Vikings game at Lambeau, the amount of people wearing the Vikings Favre jersey confuses the ever living hell out of me. Are you a Vikings fan or are you a Brett Favre fan? Are you a Packer fan? Like you're wearing a Packers player who's in their Ring of Honor to Lambeau. I don't know, but I got a question for you. Did you see this Vince Lombardi phone from his office? Have you seen this? It just went up for auction. Did it really? Did you see how much it sold for? I did not see that it went up for auction because I've known it's been in the Hall of Fame for forever. Yeah, well, this uh, Chris Nurant guy. Yeah, Chris Nurant's a great dude, friend of the program. I work with his cousin, right? So he shows me this stuff all the time. But that thing went for sale. It was bought. For fifty thousand dollars, a rotary phone, a ro- like what? Yeah, Chris Merritt Heritage Auctions, uh, friend of the program, friend of mine. Um, guys, number my phone. Can call him if I want to. Oh, are you name dropping, Eric? I am name dropping. Yeah. Chris Merritt's hey. a legitimate good Chris. dude. Chris, you don't gotta like Eric isn't as big of a deal as he's trying to make you out to be right now. Like so whenever you talk to people, Chris, you don't gotta name drop Eric like Eric's name dropping you right now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, if you want to, I won't I won't turn it down though either. I'm just saying. 
Hey, you could sponsor our show with how much money he's making off all these goddamn auctions he's doing. Yeah, Heritage Auctions, hit us up. I got the email address, too. Let's go. Oh, jeez. Does the drop stop or what? I am a shameless plugger all the time. <laughs> always plug. It's like always. it's like the rule, ABS, always be selling. I have always That's said this. Is another reminder as we look for sponsors and continue to look for sponsors, if you want to sponsor this show or our <laughs> other show or just the Ripper Wisconsin, whatever, our it's website, really our social rich. media – I will. I, I would be willing to like make a like a NASCAR fire suit, and like just wear all the sponsors. I oh, wear all the sponsors. NASCAR, I, NASCAR fire suit for the polar plunge, with all your sponsors on it. Always be selling. <laughs> Isn't that why they put that in cars? ABS. No. John, <laughs> I'll let you handle this one. <laughs> That's what that means, right? No. It's like a it's like a motto that you should like look at while you're driving down the road. ABS baby, always be selling. Well, Eric does, so I try. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> where where did we go down this long path of nothing? Uh, because we were talking about the Packers and seeing if we want to gamble on them. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, give me the Packers money line plus three hundo. And we turn in, we're turning twenty into four twenty, man. It'd be it'd be four eighty, but I I, get, I see where you're going. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Math wasn't that's, my strong that's, suit. That's the one Midwest state we can't joke that's about. Like, that's math wasn't my strong suit. That's like when we bought this house. I told my wife it was going to be like this was going to be our mortgage payment, and then we actually signed the papers, and it was like six hundred dollars more. I was like, oops. <laughs> Sorry, honey, I lied to you a little bit. That's a, that's a little bit of difference. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was spot on. I got people. <laughs> I graduate. Okano education here, boys. All right. Top of the line. Now, Go. what about the top of the class? Clearly no. not. <laughs> there were a lot of kids. There were a lot of kids in my class. Huh? All right. There was, there was, <laughs> there was a gap. <laughs> there was a gap between the the smart ones and the ones that just got by, and I fell somewhere short of the ones that just got by. <laughs> you fell short or a <laughs> No, short, way short. <laughs> I, <laughs> that line, that line that I went to was like bare minimum. Like, see, we're looking at a screen here. Are the ones that excelled, here, here's the got bys. There's no <laughs> for those that can't see, I my hand is not on the screen anymore. I can confirm that it's not on the screen. So, sorry. But O'Connell is a great school district. I do I enjoy coaching there. I love the staff. Uh it's it's been great so far. There's my shameless plug, Eric. Always be selling. ABS, baby. <laughs> ABS. All right, so back uh, Packers. Felt a little oh, yeah. bit like Jerry Maguire there for a second. Green Bay Packers on the road, Dallas. One final look at it. Uh, Packers line or Dallas seven and a half points. Aside from the betting aspect, how are you actually feeling about this one, boys? I think it's going to be a game for a while, mm-hmm. and then it's either it's. I think it's going to be a game for a while, so I'm 
think at three and a half quarters, and then it's going to be one of two things are going to happen. Um, either Green Bay is going to push too hard and shit the bed, and then Dallas runs with it. And they run away, and I mean run away. And Jordan Love kind of folds under the pressure of trying to bring his team back in a big game, but the experience is great. The other thing is Dallas is going to make this a game all, all the way through. So if Green Bay jumps up, like Green Bay could probably pull out all the stops in this. I wouldn't, you know, reverses and and slot handoffs and fake punts. I wouldn't put anything out for Green Bay. And I wouldn't even, like, if Green Bay were to happen to win this game and they went to San Francisco next week, I would bet the same thing. Like, like Riverboat Ron, you called him that. Like, that, like, Riverboat Lafleur is coming out in this game. I really, truly believe that. And then Green Bay is going to overachieve for three and a half, and then... It's going to go one of two ways. Either Dallas is going to make this a game all the way through, and it's going to come down to a last-second field goal for either team, or Dallas is going to run away. Yeah, I I got to say, so just an update on the injury front. Only A.J. Dillon did not practice today. In some I, am, I, am, I on, am I on the only wagon that says I don't want Christian Watson to play? They've been really good. I don't, I They've don't... been really good without Christian Watson on the field. There's not a game over the last how many weeks where I where anybody could look at this and say, "Boy, you think about how good the Packers' offense would be if they've had Christian Watson." There's not a game Got where it. I would have thought that he was a difference maker. Tampa Bay. I don't. I don't feel that way. Here's what I'll say to that. His and loss hasn't been noticeable. Put it that the, way. The two games I just mentioned, I'm pretty sure are also two games that Bo Melton did not play in. Right. And the absence of Christian Watson has been made up by the presence of Bo Melton doing what Christian Watson does. So to the end that I will say... I would love Christian Watson to play if he's able, you know, and obviously there's no, there's never a guarantee with health, but if he is relatively good to go, all things considered, I want him on the field. However, because we don't know where he's at, I think there is something to the end of, if you have him active and he gets hurt, you know, first quarter, then you're essentially down two receivers because you probably have to put somebody inactive to fill that spot. Yeah. Whether it be, you know, probably not Bill Melton anymore, but could be Bill Melton, could be Romeo Dobbs with the injury. It could be, um, who's the cat they had? He was a game day call-up, but he was inactive this last week. What about um, Malik Keith? Malik Keith is another example. Uh, you know, trying, Luke Musgrave. Like, does Grant anybody Dubose say, is the guy I was thinking of? Grant Dubose, who was inactive oh, yeah. this last week, but also activated the, the rookie uh, from out of Charlotte. Squad. So those are guys that, if Christian Watson is going to go, he needs to be able to play the whole game. Otherwise, you have to make one of these guys inactive, who 
is going to take up a roster spot otherwise. So I posted this on on uh, Twitter a while ago, and some guys just ripped me apart. I said that Christian Watson was a poor man's Marquez Valdez Scantling. I don't and, know if I can get on board with you on that one. And here, here's the here's the reason: is Christian Watson a great route runner? No, he's a good he's flyer out. <laughs> <laughs> what did what did Marquez Valdez Scantling do? Drop a lot of passes. Ran fast. So did, ran fast. Ran fly routes fast. He was a tall wide receiver that ran fly routes fast. The difference, the only difference when you look at it, the only difference between Valdez Scanling and Christian Watson, one stayed on the field and one didn't. Two differences. Marquez Valdez Scanling couldn't block for shit. Christian Watson is a good blocker. I don't know that I would agree with you. I would say I would say I would say Christian Watson is a better blocker than Quez, yes. And me and Marquez are tight enough to where I could call him Quez like that, you know. <laughs> but any other facet, like not a great pass catcher, not a great route runner, they're not different. And I don't, I don't, like he's not a difference maker enough for me. He's not our number one wide receiver to me. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but to me, our number one wide receiver is Dontavian Wicks. He's he is our best wide receiver. I'm not sure I agree with that, Sean. What do you got? You haven't talked in a while. No, I'd I'd agree with that. I I feel like that's Jordan Jordan Love's number one target. Well, I shouldn't say that. Jaden Reed's his number one target, but Jaden Reed's your slot guy, of course. Your your number one guys, I would totally agree. Is Don David every every big play that Love needs, he's going to Wicks. Mm-hmm. He's looking for Wicks, and they put those hard routes, those big routes. They put it on him. Like even let's talk about this play again. You needed the five. You wanted the five yards. Who are you throwing the ball to? That, that pass went to Wicks. Mm-hmm. And this guy's a what, what was he? A, a sixth round pick or fifth round pick this yep. year? He surpassed Romeo, which is crazy. I don't think Christian Watson. Like to me, Christian Watson is probably your number three wide receiver. Yeah. At best. At best. <laughs> That's a hard pill to swallow because he's your second round pick. It's a hard pill to swallow. But he's not ahead of Jaden Reed. No. Well, I guess I, I He's not ahead of Wicks. Here's what I want to ask you, Justin. When we're talking receiver one, receiver two, whatever, are we talking like just in terms of output, or are we talking in terms of where Jordan Love should look? Let me tell. Let me tell you. Let Let me tell you. When you go to Dallas, who's their number one wide receiver? Ceedee Lamb. 
okay, but Brandon Cooks had a hell of a year too, didn't he? Sure. Right. But we definitively know who our number one and our number two is. I couldn't tell you if Christian Watson was our number two, three, four, five receiver right now. And that's the honest to God truth. Malik I, Heath has outplayed him. I don't entirely. I, I think you're onto something. But I, I would say it and I would caveat that is I don't think we have a true number one. I would agree. And it wouldn't I don't think we have a true number. I don't think like, we have we'll a true. talk about this down the road, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if the Packers went out in their first round pick and they drafted a wide receiver. It would surprise me because it just hasn't happened. Never, like, right. I think, I think if this is the first draft since 20, probably 2018, that the Packers, that the talk about a first round pick or receiver isn't mandatory. Nope. It's, it's best player available. It really is. Which this has been just when we, whenever Green Bay's eliminated, we know their draft spot. Mock draft season is going to be wild to watch this year because there are spots that I think they can use guys and their needs. And I think in the top, that top 88 that they have the five picks in, there's three positions they need to address. But I don't think there's one clear in a way like this has to be round one. This has to be round two. I think um, if they don't, if somebody doesn't fall, that is not supposed to like be there. I think they trade out of it. I think they're trying to stay. Because if if you go like from one to 15 is pretty good draft. But from 15 to 80 or 90. When I was doing these mock drafts, like today, as we sit here on January 10th, like there's not much difference between 15 through 80. And it's such a crapshoot. Like I've done, I did three or four of them today. Not one was the same. Not right. once did the ball f- or the, the board fall the same. So, yeah. so now would you trade one of your receivers to move up then? Uh, what would. Would you trade Christian Watson? I would trade him in a heartbeat. And and just say your first round pick and move up to me. Would you get top ten? I don't know if you'd get top ten. I, mean, I don't think Christian Watson has a lot of great value. No, I don't say like if you were if you were to propose a trade of just Christian Watson to another team, his value at best to me would be a fifth round pick. I'd yeah. say four or five. Definitely a day three pick. I'd say four or five. Right, so so I think your first rounder and Christian Watson ain't going to get you up very far. I would say, Sean, to answer your question, I think you're more likely to, to package your first and one of your seconds, if not both of your seconds. If there's a can't-miss guy you know, that falls, to te- like say, this is a terrible example, and it's never going to happen, but say Marvin Harrison Jr. drops a 10. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I don't, I, I think the top the tackle is Joe Alt. Yeah, our game, right? If Joe Alt is sitting there at nine, and you know he's not getting picked ninth, I don't even know if Joe Alt's the caliber of a trade your first and two seconds for that. Right, right. Like you talk about the other tackles in this group. There's Joe Alt, and then there's a group of them that they're all Pac-12 tackles almost. There's a kid from Arizona. There's a kid from. 
uh, Oregon State. There's a kid from wa- wa- Washington or Utah. Like they're all grouped in that lump sum together that our future starting left tackles in the NFL. Are they difference makers? That, you know, whatever. That's to be determined. But I don't, like to me, I think you're right. If they, I don't, I don't think they trade up in this scenario at all. Cause I don't think there's a defensive back that's worth trading up for in this draft either. I mean, no. there's two. If the, you know the projection right now, based on you know if based on chalk, if playoffs go, games go chalk, um, they'd be drafting I think 19th or 20th. Yeah. Um, there's a cornerback out of I think it was was it Syracuse or Clemson. Clemson is who I'm thinking of. Clemson, sorry. Okay. The Clemson Nate Wiggins. And there's Cooper DeGene out of Iowa. But there's also a kid out of Ohio State that's going to be there. He's kind of rated in the 20s, Denzel Burke. Remember that name? Because I could see the Packers trying to trade back, add value, get a third-round pick or so, and draft this guy um, in the late first. So, so, but anyways, that's not what we're talking about, right? Like, right. Yeah, stop we getting me off track already, Eric. Like, Christian Watson stinks. He's not getting on the field. He's way behind Dontavian Wicks. The Packers are going to make this thing go to a, a, a field goal game all the way to the end. And Anders Carlson is going to hit a 50-yarder because, you know, they were going for a five-yard pass at 35 yards and Love got sacked. But they had a timeout this time, and so now it's a 50-yard field goal, and Anders Carlson nails the 50-yarder, just despite you, Eric, to go to the second round of the playoffs. I don't hate Anders Carlson as a whole. I'm just saying he struggled. You hate him because his first name is Anders. Like, why does he have a cool name and you don't have a cool name? My mother would take great offense to that. She's a sweet lady. Your mother is a great woman. (laughs) I love your mother has nothing to do with your mother. It does. She picked it. I didn't pick it. I think your dad did it. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think, to be honest with you, we're just, since we're off Your, bro- your base, brother has a cooler name than you. Since we're way the fuck off base here. <laughs> if it was up to my dad, I believe my name would have been Hunter. I would have been Hunter Fisher. Hunter my Fisher? Mom, my mom put a stop to that ASAP. Well, see, now your mom did you a discredit. That's a conversation for her. I wasn't here yet. You could have been a true redneck, Eric. <laughs> Eric and redneck don't go together. Hunter Fisher. What, Just, what would your middle name have been? No idea. I don't know if there was an agreement after that. I think Remington. Remington. <laughs> Browning. <laughs> Zebco. Uh, <laughs> Hunter Zebco Fisher. That's Red what your that, that's what your hand that's what your handle should be. Zebco. Hunter Cat Fisher. <laughs> We're all making fun of you, Eric. I'm sorry. Now you're good. You're good. All right. What do you have for a prediction, Sean? I'm I'm actually gonna take the Packers. I think the Packers win this. How and yeah, why? How? I, I, I know. It's Dallas. Dallas hasn't been able to beat a team that has been over 500. That has actually been doing good when they've been when they played them. 
So I just I just think Jordan Love's gonna come out and have a big game and Aaron Jones is gonna run all over that defense. And I really, really? think that is the one X factor. Really? My prediction, which by the way, I'm gonna pick I'm I'm picking Dallas. I don't yeah. I'm, I'm Eric, so, you always pick chalk. Like you no, are never chalk. like I, you are never upset, Eric. You are you're like chalk. Have you ever watched Boardwalk Empire? There's this character on there. He's a black man, but his name was Chalky White. And your name is Chalky White right now. You are so chalk on everything. I would love to see the Packers win this game. Like I said, I am. That is what Chalky White always says. I just. <laughs> if, the, if they had any other coordinator defensively, I have zero faith in the Packers defense. And I want I want to be wrong on that so bad. I really do. I just. Even I with think, how good Joe Barry's been calling the defense. Yeah. Again, so, so pressure. So it's like go pack go. He's got this whole rhythm going on. So so <laughs> pressure. Mm. <laughs> See, he's got Joe Barry's he's got a rhythm and he's figured it out. Just I think finally, he's, he's the ball away from doing what he should have been doing all his time here. What about Dylan? Is Dylan playing? Broken thumb Dylan? He was the only person who did not practice today. So I'd I'd be leaning to say he probably won't go. So what does that mean? Kenyon Drake is is he on? Is he still roaming around Green Bay or what? Um, that's they, a good question. They've got Patty Taylor going According on. According to ESPN, he is still around. Ne- next year, they're going to have Braylon Allen. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt that. That's a different episode to talk about that, but that <laughs> I is. I just want to keep. Like, I don't know if you've realized everything I'm doing. I'm taking you as far off of track and then so. bringing it back as far. <laughs> I am screwing you. I've embraced. I've embraced this episode. I've been doing this for a long time now, Eric. I've been screwing with your mind for a long time. I've just embraced like, the chaos. Just like, no, we've got one more thing to talk about, and I don't know if Sean knows about this. But about this. But let's be clear about what you're picking here, Chalky White. You're taking the <laughs> the boys by how many? They win by a touchdown. I don't know if they. I don't. The seven a and a half. I don't know. A totter? I think by seven. If this line was seven or six and a half, I'd pick the Cowboys outright on that seven. But Aaron Jones is going for 150 yards this week. That's the caveat. Where Aaron Jones and I hate. I hate the fact. This is why I'm always so chalky. And <laughs> I hate. It's I so hate, bad you even admit how chalky you are. I hate trends. I really do. And people right now, the whole thing on Packers Twitter right now is that the Packers are nine and one in their last 10 and all this other shit. And just in that last against 10 the Cowboys against the Cowboys. Okay. Just to, be clear, just to be clear, it's against the Cowboys because I was confused there. And, and, you know, when you talk, sometimes you confuse our listeners. That's why I have to clarify things for he, us. He confuses me a lot too. Okay. So it's nine and one against the Cowboys. In their last ten against the Cowboys. Okay. So with that in mind, I hate the fact that people are using that because there's one constant player in that whole run, and that's Aaron Jones. Emmitt Smith. Oh. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Aaron Rodgers. No, but my other point of it is that 
99.9% of those rosters aren't here anymore on either team. There's different coaching staffs. I mean, you could look to last year's game and say what you will about that, but Aaron Jones is the one constant, and that's the one thing. There's almost a whole new roster, offensively speaking. How, how they've played the last 10 games, Aaron, Aaron Jones has been on that team. Not in the last, not the last full ten, probably. Uh, okay. But I'm just saying the one concept that we can kind of look to and kind of point out in these, even the recent ones, is Aaron Jones. Everything else, aside, I guess Dak Prescott too from 2016 on. Right. But almost everything else is totally flipped over, multiple times over. And that's just like I said. I just I don't. I don't love going to that trend because I think it starts back in. So with that thinking, like, let's think about it. That thinking, you would say, well, the trend is this, this, and this. So the Packers, Jordan Love is not going to be good. The trend, I would say that the trend ends because I hate the fact that we're going to it and I get cautious about it. So you hate Jordan Love? I hate trends. I hate when Packer fans bring up trends. You hate. You hate. This yeah, is also the guy that wanted to give up on Jordan Love at the beginning. Yep. Of this. You quit. You quit Jordan Love. You jumped I, off the bandwagon. Now you're back on the bandwagon. And I now you're worth a discussion. Now you're, now you're chalky whitening again and jumping off the bandwagon. I said it was worth a discussion <laughs> at that point in the season. You you hate Jordan Love. You want I love Jordan Love. You do not love you. You jumped off his bandwagon. I didn't jump off his bandwagon. All I said was, you have to look at, at the time, you had to look at the replacement options. You wanted to draft a quarterback. You were already looking at drafting a quarterback. Trading up. You were trading up for Caleb. Sure. At the time, I said you have to look at it. Now you've got a future MVP again. That's great. It's great. You don't get to love Jordan Love again. No. I do love Jordan once Love. Once you jump, once you jump off, you can't get back on. There's no room for you on our boat anymore, Eric. Is that a fat joke? Hunter, yeah. Hunter Fisher, <laughs> Hunter Zepco. <laughs> All right. There's no room for you on the love boat anymore. Anyways, let's talk about your ridiculous. Oh boy. Your ridiculous names you want to be the new Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator. Sean, did you hear these names? This might have been a private chat. This was a one on one chat where Jeff jumped all over me. And we're going to make this. These names are. Oh, we're we're bringing this to light. Worth talking about until after he gets fired. It's okay. So when I found out Riverboat Ron Rivera was getting canned, I sent the article to Eric because I like to chit-chat with Eric. He's a good friend of mine. You know, we talk about sports. He was kind enough to come check out my game in Menominee, and that meant a lot to me. So I wanted to start a conversation with my good friend Eric Hunter Fisher. (laughs) (laughs) All right. He said, no way. Don't ever give me Riverboat Ron. I hate Riverboat Ron. And he would, if he didn't have cancer, he would have been out of the NFL five <laughs> years ago. Wow. Half of this is true. That is all true. <laughs> that that for, quote is for true. Except for Hunter Fisher part. 
That, every part of that is true. I never that said I not hate him. Up. I want to oh, be very clear. I did not say I hate really? him. Really? That's, that's where you go that you didn't hate him? <laughs> I think he's a great human being. I just don't think he's a great coach. And I think he's overstayed his welcome. It's terrible. It's terrible what he said. So, so then who did, who did he say he wanted then? Oh, he, 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 this is the wisdom. This is. I'm gonna put some context on this quick. <laughs> this is. I know what like, got brewing here. <laughs> two names I said. I said brutal. One young and brand new to this. Brutal. I want a retread. I want either Jim Leonard or Al Harris or someone of that line of thinking. He didn't want a retread, but you know who his two names that he said to me were. I said, if you go with a retread, Brand- there are two names. Staley. Brandon Staley. Oh, my God. That is so bad. And the worst one yet, Mike Zimmer, the former Vikings head coach. If who's a retread. If you're going to go retread, retread is, the, I mean, that is terrible. I've got more tread. I've got less tread on my tires than this tread on this dude. All right. So. That guy's got a lot of tread off, but dude, it's winter time in Wisconsin, Justin. You need that tread. Let me tell you something. I'm going to be brutally honest with Wisconsin fans. Jim Leonard's not the answer. It's not the guy. He's not, he, he wasn't like, he was good at stopping Iowa's defense or offense. Iowa's offense sucks. Brian Ferentz was the worst coordinator in the nation. He was so bad, he got fired by his dad. All right. You know how bad you have to be to be fired by your goddamn dad? It's ridiculous. The the Big Ten West is the worst. It's worse than the Mountain West. All right. That's how bad it is. And we couldn't even win with this stellar defense. You play Ohio State, you give up 52 points in a heartbeat. You play somebody with talent, you've got to win with... 45 points. It's he not a great defense. A he was not a great defensive coordinator. I'm sorry. I'm not going to, like, I want Jim Leonard to be a great coach also. But I salute Chris McIntosh for not making such a foolish move. He was not the answer. I don't think it was a head coach answer. I wholeheartedly agree with that. He's not a defensive coordinator answer either, Eric, because he got his ass fired. All right? Luke Fickle was smart enough to say, you suck, you're out. And now he's working for some jack wagon in Illinois, driving back and forth from Wisconsin to Illinois just so he can go to the Bahamas Bowl. All right? He sucks. He's not the guy. Bottom line. Nobody even wanted him for a defensive coordinator position this year. Chris he was Matt LaFleur's first choice instead of Joe, Joe Barry. Yeah, and they should have been they should have been lucky not to get him because they'd be worse than they are with Joe freaking Barry. I don't know about that. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That's the it's the honest to God's truth. All right. Al Harris is not my guy either. I don't know. How long has he even been in coaching? Um I believe going back to 2013. I looked this up. Is it really? I think 10 years. Then I'm way wrong. Okay. 
but I still don't want them. I want somebody that has experience. I want so I I don't mind being young, but I want somebody that has NFL experience, that has won on a big stage. You know, this just happened today. If they could get Wink Martindale, mm-hmm. that would be a cool. Wayne Martindale would make sense. Um, and I know Sean has been also asking me about another name here, and I'll let him unveil this in a second. But for what it's worth, Al Harris has been an, an NFL defensive coach. He was a coaching intern in 2012 with the Dolphins. And then from 2013 to 2018, he was assistant secondary uh, defensive assistant at the Chiefs. And since 2020, has been the DB coach in Dallas. Yeah. So, like, he's not even... Like, I don't know how much stock there is in this, but he's not like he's like he's not their defensive passing game coordinator. He's not a co-defensive coordinator. He's not making any decisions. Right. He's not when it's on the line. He's not making decisions, and I don't like for what is happening. I need a coach that is willing to be the answer maker. Like, good, bad, ugly, whatever it is. Like, yeah, guess what? I made a shit call. I own it. For these young guys, because now in this draft, they're going to draft way younger. Or they're going to they're gonna draft a whole new secondary outside of Jair if they, if they don't decide to get rid of Jair. Mm-hmm. Like, Sa- Savage is gone. You, you've, got, you've got a couple guys in the secondary that are capable backups, right? Keyshawn probably stays for the for the special teams, but even that, like he doesn't even return punts anymore. Right. He got ousted on that, right? So his value has gone down. <clears throat> and and you've got some decent twos and threes in, in cornerbacks. I think Valentine is probably going to eventually grow into a consistent starter. He's been pretty good all year on a rookie rookie deal as a seventh round draft pick. I think you've got a real fine there. But Outside of that, I don't want some guy that's going to be guessing as a first-time coordinator. Sean, what's the name that you had? I got Mike Vrabel. I, I, Eric, Eric's been telling me that I'm crazy for thinking it because it's going. He he's once thinking it's going to be a demotion, but that's that's the guy that I would like. Don't get me wrong. I would love for you to be right. This is one of those where I'm not just saying this because, you know, to, to totally polar opposite to you. I want you to be right. But I don't think Rabel is in a position right now where he's going to take a, a demotion, quote unquote demotion, and be a coordinator. Even if it would be for for possibly one year. Because the other thing, the other side of this coin is that if they do decide to fire Joe Barry, which they haven't done yet because they're still playing. I would be led to believe they are going to, but they haven't yet. Is that that would be admitting that you have a second or you'd be on your third defensive coordinator under Matt LaFleur. Something is wrong with LaFleur then. Well, I think I think you're at a point like here's the deal. You've drafted some I mean Lucas Van S, right? He came from a four three system. He's in in a three four system. I think you have the ability, if you fire Joe Barry, I think you have the ability to really look at it and, 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 tell, and ask yourself, are you able 
to change back to a 4-3. Now, the, some people would argue that um, base defense in today's world is less of a factor than it's ever been, and I would agree with that. I would also agree with Big, that. Because base, most of your base defense now is nickel, right? You, it's or whatever like Wisconsin would call as the dollar position, a big safety, a big safety that could fill in as a extra linebacker. Um, but strategically with your personnel, it would change what type of position you draft for. And I think when you talk about names, I wouldn't want, like, I think Mike Vrabel would be an awesome name to have. But on the flip side, I don't want to go a year from now and hiring a different coordinator again. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, that's the only downfall for me would be I don't want to hire a rental guy. I want to hire a guy that's going to be here three or four years. Because if I'm going to draft players for his system, I don't want to have to draft a whole nother class for this guy's system because even if it's altered from where it was, it's still different, right? Right. So that would be the only, like, the name is great, the coach is great, but that would be the only difference for me. And for what it's worth, I think this is a different conversation if the Packers even lose on Sunday and they miss the playoffs for a second straight year. And, again, it, I think Jordan Love is something. But if you're looking at possibly having to fire Matt LaFleur after a season or two and you bring in a guy like Vrabel to kind of take it over at that point, I don't. I think that's the only situation in which that happens is if Matt LaFleur was on, already on the so, hot you think you think if the Packers would have lost last week, the floor was on the hot seat? I don't think he was, but I think that makes this higher next year. If you go to a third defensive coordinator, oh, is what I'm saying. So you, okay, is if you go another year, so if you go next year, or possibly even two years in a row of being close but not there, or just falling short, or whatever it is. Yeah. I think that's I think where there's you're a lot of factors like you, you're going to have like this is this is why I say this like you have a real decision. Because if you decide to switch systems that essentially buys LeFleur. How many like how many ever years to get the personnel right again, right? Like that's a philosophy change, philosophical change and. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it this year because or this these next couple of years, because you're cap, you're going to be cap flush. You're going to be. So if you're going to change, this is the time to change. You're going to probably pay a little bit over the top for some guys. And, and I feel like they're probably going to pay a little over the top for a safety. Now, here's here's the question. I could see them drafting a defensive tackle, too, because mm -hmm. I, I like where you're going with this, Justin. That prompts this question. How much does Mark Murphy's forced retirement after next year's draft, 2025 draft, play into this timeline as well? Having a new president. When did they? When did they get to decide who that is going to be? Like that's already taking place. Like that decision, that vetting, that that's already started, hasn't it? 
I don't, Sean, do you remember from the the shareholder meeting? No, I do not remember. I don't believe that they formally announced that they're starting it. I think I think they were starting it this this com- this year and they were going to know by the shareholder meeting next this upcoming year. Cuz then that guy sits in for the whole year to take over. I think. Because that guy's got a lot more on his plate than just Matt LaFleur, like he's got all right. the title town district. He's got all the all these projects that look Murphy has going on. Right. And uh, the upcoming so. draft, which Murphy will still be in power for the draft, but it's shortly after. So you want to have a guy who's kind of on picking the same his guys. Yeah, right. picking his guys, right? Yeah. So I don't like I don't know, like it's hard to say it's a unique that's a unique situation because that guy's going to already be in the fold with these these guys so i mean lafleur is essentially going to be his guy right because he's worked with him now year year and a half right so it's not like it's not like having a new owner come in and say like what happened in carolina i want all mine i want we're going to wipe it clean or washington i want we're wiping the slate clean I want new GM. I want new head coach. I want it all. Like that makes a difference. This is a unique situation where we're vetting the guy, essentially our owner, that runs runs the Packers for like this guy doesn't get fired. Right. There's the who fires him. A board. Right. Never gonna happen. No. So. It's literally the greatest job on earth. I don't, even know, I don't even know how Mark how much Mark Murphy makes. Oh, Do they have the to share? Huh? So we a, have the internet for that. I'm sure we can find something. Let me look it up. You guys talk. All right. So we'll kind of wrap up the pack of talk here. Uh, 13 million, it looks like. Well, that's not that much. That's the wrong Mark Murphy. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> is that a baseball player? That is Micron Technology Inc. Five and a half million. That sounds about right. Yeah, that's uh, Wisconsin State Journal approved. You make uh, nine million in escalators. Escalators, great machinery too, by the way. I don't think anyone's debating that. I'm just. Saying, I mean, word comes up, you got to pop what's on your mind, you know? Like, what about at like airports when you get down to these straight line escalators so you don't have to walk straight? <laughs> like, have we, where are we as a world to where we just have machines that walk for us in airports? Straight, straight, flatland, straight escalators. Like, I just want to sit down, take a ride. Now the stair escalators make sense to me. Stairs suck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want right. to give stairs bad names, but whatever. So that's plenty of Packer talk this week. Um, Badgers are currently up on Ohio State basketball-wise. Justin, any parting thoughts in Badger football season? They are hitting slam dunk after slam dunk in the transfer portal. I don't know if you guys have heard this. There was a recruit that they missed on. 
out of the 2022 or yeah 2022 cycle a um a four-star linebacker out of many louisiana named tackett curtis he committed to um usc and had a pretty decent uh true freshman season i think he had like 40 tackles uh, which is pretty big at a big school like that. He tra- entered a transfer portal. He didn't even visit Wisconsin. He knew he wanted to come to Wisconsin. That was a. He was in their top. He was in their final two, uh, coming out of high school. Wasn't a choice after he left uh, USC. That's a big time recruit. Big big time. What they've done in the in the linebacker room, they have wiped the slate clean. They have started over. They've gotten an All American out of FCS. They've gotten a stud out of Syracuse. Um, they've gotten a guy that they uh, they almost got out of Illinois that was uh, at North Carolina. They have revamped the whole defense. They got a guy. Uh, the defensive line is still worked. They got a guy out of University of Albany um, last night to commit. They have done some work. And, and uh, Tyler Van Dyke coming in as the quarterback uh, has a real Good heritage coming from Miami. That was a guy uh, out of high school coming out of Connecticut that was uh, top 20 quarterback in the nation. Uh, was high on the Badgers when Christ was the court coach. Um, he turns around. He's going to give us one year of eligibility. Not real sure um, how much I enjoyed this one-year rental quarterback deal out of the transfer portal. Um, the real battle that will be interesting is um, the backup quarterback position with Nick Evers and Braden Locke. Uh, I think you know what you've got. What? And the freshman out of Texas. Yeah, I think Mabry Mabry is a a redshirt candidate. I don't think he's going to push much for uh, any PT. Not not to kill your uh, uh, mojo. But there's... Not to interrupt you, Justin, but that is a hot take in Badger World right now. Was that Mabry, Mabry Matur was going to... Uh, he could make a run at our, at QB2. This, this. Maybe. So he, uh, he has, honestly, he has, um, when he committed to the Badgers, he was somewhere between 15 and 20, and he has fallen in the national rankings to about 40. So I don't know. I haven't followed his senior year all that well. Um, but the Badgers have gotten off to a hot start in, in the 2025 uh, recruiting class. They've got a lot of new guys um, that you're not going to recognize on this roster uh, coming. They signed 20, 21 or 22 uh, new recruits. Plus, they've got thir- they've lost 15 guys to the transfer portal but they've signed 13 new guys. So the roster turnover in in um, two, two years is in the 60s. That's, that's yeah, that's pretty crazy. So uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. Badger basketball up to 15. Going to get a big win here at Ohio State. Going to keep riding the wave, baby. Just real quick, Justin, your thoughts on the Badger Bowl game lost to LSU. You're going to break my heart. Because 
the way Phil Longo called the game at the end, you have a second and two. I, I forgot what it was. It was like 49 seconds left. You're at the 19-yard line. You're at second and two. You have timeouts. Run the ball. Get the first down. The clock stops. But instead, you you go three straight passing plays, and it just goes backwards and backwards and backwards from there. I thought you got greedy. I thought he got real greedy. I think he his ego got in the way. I thought it was. I thought. I thought everything about the game up until the last 19 seconds was fantastic. I thought Tanner Mordecai played great. I thought the defense was doing great up until like the last couple minutes. Holding on just enough, doing enough to win the game. Um, but you could tell that the back end of the Badgers defense and their three, three, five base is not the athleticism that they're accustomed to running. Um, so, Hey, you know, when you're searching for a sauce gardener to come to Wisconsin, let's, let's do it anytime. Right. But when you have, when you have a guy like Nazir Forkarine, who is taking a great jump from division two grand Valley state, and you're starting against nine and three, LSU going up against two potential top 15 picks in the draft. That's an enormous jump. Like you don't, it is what, that's why you come to Wisconsin. But when you do that, sometimes you're going to get beaten. I thought he, he was uh, a little overmatched. All right. With that in mind, boys, we can put a bow on this thing. Plenty of good talk this week. Um, we'll start off with, as I search for a bar for us to pick for our bar of the week, we'll start off with what we are rooting for in the upcoming week. And Sean, I'll let you lead this off. Uh, sure. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. My birthday next week? I think that's the next week. Yeah. Are you going to be like 30, 40? 29. 29. <laughs> Holy smokers. You'll fart. 30 going going to Mexico next year, so we found that out this weekend. Well, thanks for the invite, dickhead. <laughs> Where are you going for your honeymoon there, lover boy? Me? We're going we're going to Alaska coming up here. On an Alaskan cruise. All right. Now I gotta <laughs> ask you. I gotta ask you. Oh god. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Why do you guys get like that when I say I gotta ask you? Is it got, is we have no idea where it's going, Justin. <laughs> Why do you pick a cruise? Why would one pick a cruise? What is the allure of a cruise? So you don't have to drive in Alaska? Okay, but isn't like <laughs> so we've got we've got um what I would call family members. They're great friends of our family, but my kids call them grandparents. Yep. And they're going on a cruise, but their cruise, they get to go through the Panama Canal and all that jazz, but they're going from port to port to port to port. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're doing? Yep. Okay. Like, I just don't like, to me, it's like, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I don't know why. And this is my own fault. Maybe I'm just getting lost in in the sense of this. Like, but 
your only reason for taking a cruise is so you don't have to drive? Right. And then it, you stay on the boat. You don't have to pay for hotels. You don't have to try to find hotels. There's a lot to do on the boat. It's all in, Everything's all included. I mean, you got to pay for excursions and that kind of stuff. But pretty much if you're on the boat, a lot of the shit's included. So, Is there a casino on the boat? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I have opened up to a cruise. <laughs> I don't know. Something about this big-ass ship. Like, you're, you're in the Bering Sea, right? Yep. Have you ever watched these crab dudes, like, in the Bering oh, yeah. Sea? Yeah, but they're on Dude, those waves are, you don't mess with those waves, man. Do yeah, you have a, are you going to go with an orange suit? No. <laughs> what? Uh, see, now, you, now you're getting, <laughs> you're getting crazy. You had them, then you lost them. Yeah. We're, we're not going to go I need a floaty sleep. device. Need a float. Like, then you're getting way too close to land. Like, how do you know you're not going to hit a sandbar? These guys that are driving these ships, I'm telling you, they may think they know how to read. They may think, hey, water, hey, with waves, waves shift ground levels. There could be a sandbar that is not there on their radar. And what happens? And then you're like that boat, that, that cruise ship that was out in Italy, and they're stuck on it, and it tipped over sideways. And what the hell? You know, they're on there for three, four days. They're running out of, they're running out of food. Everybody's breaking into the poker machine, stealing the money out of it. Now you're on, now you're on crazy land. The, like, the name of the place was called Carnival, and it was a carnival. I'm just saying. I, if I were you, I'd go prepared. Get a raincoat because if you got to jump, what's a raincoat gonna do? <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Find one of them buoy fucking things, you know. <laughs> Find one of them things you got to jump. The rafts that are circular, that you know they can just hook up and they drop the the coast guard drops the pin from. You just hook it up and they lift your ass up in the, in the whole raft. You got to watch these shows, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> we'll be fine, Justin. <laughs> I'm worried about you. Justin, what do you got for us? I want to know where you're going to go on your your uh, honeymoon there, Biggie. Uh, we don't, don't have a plan yet. We're not there yet. Oh, Money pool. Okay. Yeah, don't go. What I will say, don't fly to D.C. It was the scariest. I, I can't do, we can't do this because this is going to. We've uh, talked about your fear of flight before. This is going to get us in trouble. We'll talk about it off, off of air. All right. Because all right, Jeff, I'm going to get myself in here. trouble. A, bad. What am I rooting for? I mean, this is simple, right? I'm rooting for no snow so I can play a goddamn basketball game this week. <laughs> I got a I got a game scheduled for Saturday against Southern Door. We were supposed to have one last night against Sevastopol. Big big game. That game was going to be for second place at the conference and stay within one with Kiwani. Well, all of a sudden, you know, six to twelve turns into four inches of snow, and school gets canceled twenty days before it actually happens. And here we are. 
right? And today turns into picture day, and I haven't practiced or played a game in two or three days. Not happy about it. So I need these snowstorms to stay away from us so I can play a game. Other than that, I'm feeling the love. I want Jordan Love to win this game. I want him to to, to cement his legacy as the future and the now of Green Bay football. Hey, last time Packers won the Super Bowl, they were the wild card seed and went all the way, Eric. They did. That's true. What are you uh, rooting for, Eric? You know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna kind of go off what Dylan said in his rooting or what he had rooted for. The Lakers? No, no, no. That was Sean's noogie. I'm gonna say the red hot Green Bay Phoenix basketball programs. Green Bay men got a win today against IUPUI. Women back home oh, for two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be at that game Sunday. Got shifted at noon. Noon. Yeah, no, I got the. Uh... Second roll, right behind Sonny. I'm probably going to lean over, give him a little boom. Sonny, you remember me? I'll tell him. Sonny, you remember? Are you actually behind them? Uh, We're in row two somewhere. I don't know. Tickets are on the refrigerator. (laughs) I got it for Christmas. (laughs) Taking um, taking the old boy. My oldest boy. Real quick, our bar of the week, the roundabout bar and grill in Kakana, 4.4 stars on Google. Uh, people rave about the, the pizzas and the Reuben wraps, tenderloin sandwiches, all very highly reviewed. Check it out. That's our bar of the week. And that's episode 140 for Ramsey and Sean and I here, for Dylan, who was but is now sleeping for an hour and a half, and for Justin and Sean, I'm Eric Fisher, the Big East, signing off. We're in the books. We're out. See ya. See ya. Peace.